Well, first up, as of today, travelers will no longer have to be fully vaccinated against COVID-19 to board a plane or train in this country. You'll remember that announcement last week when the feds unveiled plans to suspend vaccine mandates for both domestic and international travelers, as well as Crown-regulated transportation workers and federal government employees. Still, all travelers coming to this country, regardless of citizenship or vaccination status, have to use the Arrive Can app to submit their health information before arriving in the country. Now, ArriveCan was launched in April of 2020. It became mandatory for all travelers entering Canada uh, in last year, in about November. So the app collects vaccine status and personal information, such as home addresses and phone numbers, which can be used by health officials to monitor compliance with government orders. It's meant to slow the spread of COVID-19. Uh, but the app has also been called out by travelers and the airline industry as a source of frustration, confusion, delays at Canadian airports and at land border crossings. And of course, the union representing Canada's customs officers say that it is directly impacting their ability to do their job properly and slowing things down unnecessarily. They've essentially become, in the words of the union president, IT agents as well as border guards. Uh, they, of course, also dispute the numbers produced by Ottawa recently to show that ArriveCan is operating pretty smoothly. In fact, very smoothly. Joining me now with more is Mark Weber. He's the national president of the Customs and Immigration Union. Mark, thanks so much for your time tonight. No problem. Glad to be here. So, I mean, I imagine these are stressful times for your membership, no matter what, because they've been on the front lines of this crisis that we're seeing at airports all across the country. Yeah, I mean, they are. We've we've been working the front line throughout the pandemic. And now as we're slowly coming out of it, we have this uh, this rush in the summer, which we always are more busy in the summer. Uh, it's become a little bit more difficult this year, though, because we have that arrive can app to deal with. And again, our, our staffing numbers front line anyway are uh, significantly reduced. Will this uh, lifting of the mandates make any difference for, for you, for your uh, for your membership? I mean, yes, it'll make a difference. Uh, we still have the challenge, though, of the ArriveCan app, and our, our staffing issues haven't gone away. Yeah, let's get to the ArriveCan app, because I know you were in front of the uh, House of Commons Standing Committee on International Trade last week, uh, really talking about the ArriveCan app. So, I mean, I've used it. Um, I know that I tried to fill it out before I landed, but I also remember being in that line coming through customs, and a lot of people looked pretty confused when, you know, pulling their phones out as they were arriving in front of your agents. So what's been the problem with it? I mean, people are confused. A lot of people don't understand the questions. Others simply don't know that they had to fill it out. We're finding um, it can be as low as about 60% that are have it completed once they arrive, up to about 75, depending on, you know, uh, who's coming through, time of day, that kind of thing. But uh, nowhere close to the numbers being given out by the CBSA, which I think they were saying 99% by air and 95 by land. Those numbers that they're providing are the numbers once we've helped the traveler and acquitted them in our system not when the traveler I mean, arrives. Yeah, 99% sounds like a pretty pretty high number, uh, and much higher than what I witnessed. And you put it this way last week. You said your agents have essentially become IT consultants on the front lines. Well, that's it. You know, we're there. Um, we want to help people. We're, we're told to help people. We do. We're, we're doing the best we can. But when we see those kinds of lineups and we're already short-staffed, um, it, it is very difficult, especially for our officers on the front line. I mean, obviously... They hear about it from the travelers who are rightly upset sometimes at having to wait two, three, four hours to get through. We understand that. Uh, but it, the, the app is just making it so much worse than it needs to be. 
I gather you weren't consulted on the app. I don't know if you would be normally, but it seems like it would be, you know, those standing on the front lines who are inevitably going to have to help people with it uh, should probably be have cons- been consulted at some point to say, here it is and here's what it does and where do you see problems? Yeah, I mean, we weren't. It's not entirely uncommon. I mean, as an agency, I, I think for, for many things, uh, the people who actually do the job at the border are often not consulted on how best to do the job at the border. Those decisions are made at a higher level. Um, I agree with you. I, I think it would make sense to ask us how best to do it, but that just doesn't usually happen. So what's been the impact uh, when we see all these reports of people being backed up and so on? What's been the day-to-day impact on, on the folks who are, I mean, honestly, you're the, you, you, know, you have a very important security job there. Uh, I mean, while you're spending time trying to help people figure out their phones. And that's the concern, right? We, it's, it's kind of a perfect storm. Our, our frontline staffing numbers have gone down gradually year after year after year, even before the pandemic. To give you an example, Vancouver Airport, we're looking numbers around 2009, 2010. We had about 180 frontline officers. We're down to about 80 now. Um, and that's been a kind of a gradual erosion of people at the front line. And then on top of that, now you have everyone coming out of the pandemic wanting to travel and that app which, like I said, a lot of people are showing up without it being completed. So it's really a perfect storm of delay. And the problem is we are spending all our time helping people get through the app and get through with these lineups. Really, our job, which is really about, you know, keeping Canada safe and protecting our borders and such, that often kind of goes by the wayside because, again, all our resources are focused on helping people fill in the app. So you're down 180 to 80 in Vancouver alone. That's remarkable. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you get the job done. Uh, the numbers are similar across the country. I mean, it's more obvious at large airports and larger land borders because there, there's that crush of people coming through, especially. But I mean, every mode, Marine, uh, all our different operations, our frontline numbers continue to go down and down and down. We think it's an over-reliance on technology. I think the thought from the agency was, we're going to put an automated kiosk in the airport, you'll need less people. Well, the automated kiosks take far longer to process someone, someone than a person does, and you actually need as many or more officers <laughs> to kind of have to do the work with the machines in place. Uh, and I think kind of the same thing with the Can app. I think the thought was, you know, people will fill this out. Uh, it's user-friendly. They'll arrive. Everything will be completed for the officer, and it'll go smoothly. That, that's really not what's happening. IT should be there to help us do our jobs better. Really, the IT that's in place, the technology, uh, often it does the opposite. It makes it quite a bit harder. What's it been like at land borders? Because we've been talking so much about airports, but at land borders, it must be equally, equally um, confusing because you're not even dealing with people face-to-face, right? I mean, people are pulling up. Oh, land borders, I would say, and going through the summer, I think, will be as bad or worse than the airports. Yeah, and, and you're dealing with cars, so you could imagine the, the effect when you have borders with three or four lanes, and all three or four lanes have travelers arriving without the arrive can filled out, right? That traffic jam just keeps building and building and building and building and building. Um, you know, you're almost kind of creating a parking lot for us to be helping people complete arrive can. You, know, you mentioned, I think, at, uh, during your testimony, what the impact was already at car borders, at land crossings. Um, it, it's already relatively serious. It is. Uh, I don't really see it getting much better throughout the summer. It, it, it's very concerning. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming higher up people are looking about the, um, the viability, the, the necessity to keep the app going and, and to keep having to have people 
answer all these questions. I mean, it's not really our place as a union to to speak to public health measures. Um, But from a a simple practicality point of view, it's uh, it's been a nightmare. I think last week you mentioned at Port of Entries you were processing 60 cars per hour previously, and now you're looking more at 30. Um, and then that also means sometimes directing travelers to other borders as well, which is confusion of in of itself. And these, of course, as you mentioned uh, during your testimony, these are people arriving in the country, right? They, oftentimes these are tourists coming here. Well, that's right, yeah. yeah. I'm speaking with Mark Weber. He's the national president of the Customs and Immigration Union. We're talking about troubles with the Arrive Can app. Uh, the best laid plans, as always, it was meant really to facilitate people arriving, make sure that their health information was all contained in one spot, that it was easy to track, easy to monitor, easy to verify, but it has proven to be uh, difficult, especially for those using it for the first time, coming in through our airports and through our land borders, and uh, customs agents left to try and do some IT troubleshooting on the spot, which is taking up time and slowing things down. When we come back, we'll talk a bit more just what ne- about what needs to be done, what can be done now, uh, especially as we head into the summer crush. We'll be back with that. We're speaking with Mark Weber, the national president of the Customs and Immigration Union this half hour. Of course, today was the day that uh, mandates were lifted. Unvaccinated Canadians can now travel again um, on plane or train in this country. But the Arrive Can app, if you haven't used it, uh, it is an app that uh, you're supposed to enter health information on your way through to make sure that you uh, fit the bill to come into the country. And uh, oftentimes it can be a little confusing. It's not exactly easy to use. And oftentimes uh, our customs agents or custom, our border guards are left trying to uh, help passengers or help people driving up to borders with their uh, with their troubles with it. Uh, Mark, what is the solution then other than simply either lifting it or getting rid of it or trying to, to streamline it somehow, make it simpler? I mean, I think they need to narrow down the, the questions. I'm not sure that everything that's in there is, necess- is necessary now. Again, I mean, public health measures are, that's up to Health Canada to kind of decide what's necessary. But um, I mean, really, if it's just checking whether or not someone is vaccinated, I think for the most part, people can show you that on their phone. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and because we're about to head into an even busier time of year, and from what you've been saying, it's not like the staffing issues are going to solve themselves over the course of this summer, at least. I mean, our, our training is 18 weeks. Um, you do kind of an apprenticeship for a year before you're a full BSO. That There's no way that there are staffing shortages get fixed for this summer, no. What was the response like when you appeared in front of committee? Did you get the sense that people are, are desperately trying to figure out what a good solution to some of this would be and that perhaps Arrive Can is one of those? I mean, yeah, I understand the uh, the concerns that were brought forward by businesses, by, by governments, by everyone. It, it's concerning. And, you know, we're, we're really early in the summer. It's going to be quite something if this goes on day after day after day after day through July, through August. Um, it's a lot to ask. Travelers are frustrated. Businesses are frustrated. Um, something's got to change. What's it been like just, I mean, I'm picturing sort of, you know, a July day, 32 degrees, parked in your car, waiting in a long line to cross into Quebec, for instance, from from uh, from New York State, uh, and sitting there for three, four hours, and then arriving to sort of show your show your app. I mean, it, your frontline staff must be suffering some, some unhappiness here, too, just from, you know, just the kind of uh, displeasure we see from the traveling public at the best of times. Absolutely. I mean, and again, there's a lot of that. We understand it. We, we see how long people are waiting. We see what they have to go through. We get it. 
We're doing the best we can with the people that we have. We need a lot more people working on the front line. I think that would help greatly. But like you said, there's no way really to fix that for the summer. You mentioned this in the first half, just about technology supporting uh, instead of hindering. I mean, some of this technology seems to work well if you're used to it. The problem seems to be often with the, with the people coming in who never used it before, that it's, it's tough to use the kiosks if you've never seen one before. They're slow. Uh, do you think there's a way of improving some of this stuff in the near future? I think there are. I think the whole system that's designed at least, to, I mean, you're talking about the automated kiosk that they have at airports. The system right. itself, how it, how it works, is kind of redundant. Previously, you'd fill in your declaration on the plane. You'd land. You'd give your declaration to an officer who'd scan your passport. Sometimes you'd get asked a few questions, and that was it. Now you fill in nothing on the plane. You go to an automatic kiosk where you've got to figure out how to use it for it to print out a declaration that you then bring to an officer anyway to look it over. So I, I don't really know what that is accomplishing in terms of efficiency, in terms of security. We're only speaking to a fraction of travelers, whereas before we would speak to every traveler. Um, I, I think there is there is needless redundancy built into that. Mark Weber, well, I wish uh, you and your membership good luck for the summer. It sounds like it might be a tough one, but uh, as always, we tell people, just be patient. We do our best. Thank you very much.